I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a club segment as we look forward to the 2020-2021 campaign. Joining me to talk about Fulham, who of course were promoted via the championship playoff, is Russ Goldman, who you may recall from this show a couple of years back. You can also find him at Cottage Talk, where apparently they have some very cool uh, video capabilities now, as we were just talking before we started. But Russ, an absolute pleasure having you back. Awesome having Fulham back in the Premier League, which for so long is where they belonged, and, and I personally feel that way as well. Uh, for those that uh, haven't been keeping in touch with Fulham since their departure from the Premier League the last time, what's kind of been happening down in the championship? Maybe some some players that have stood out for you, and, and how did overall your, your time back in the championship go? It was a wild year, and again, uh, listen, it was unprecedented with, with COVID-19, so that actually was a part of the story here for Fulham, but going back down to the championship, Fulham took a different path this time along and uh it was interesting from what they were coming down from being in the premier league how would they build this squad and uh tony khan built it differently he brought in all of these loan players with options to buy we're talking about anthony knockhart ivan cavallero and a few others and i think the idea was that say fulham got promoted then they would have these players ready-made for the Premier League that were already Premier League players. So their strategy was very different this time around going down to the championship from four or five years ago. It it was very different. And uh, I thought it was sensible the way that Tony Khan built the club. But we also have to talk about Scott Parker because Scott Parker was not my choice, Kevin, to take us into the championship. I'll be the first to admit it. He was not my choice. I wanted someone that had more proven experience. Even though he was a caretaker manager in the Premier League, I'm thinking we need someone that has proven championship level knowledge of the league or potentially premier knowledge to help us get out of the championship. So he was not my choice. So, again, I was skeptical of this. They're bringing in these players. It looks like they're building something. But I was still hesitant about the move of keeping Scott Parker as the Fulham head coach. So what we noticed right away was this was not the Savisa team. They were playing possession-based football, but it was very different. It was conservative in nature. In fact, it was given a name, Kevin Parker ball. This was the name that many fans have given it. Mm. And basically it would be passed to one, one center back, passed to back to the other center back, and then just go back and forth, back and forth, and be very conservative going forward 
looking for an opening, but really not taking many chances. Whereas we were used to Slavisa, where, you know, again, you would have the fullbacks bombing forward. You would not see that with this team this season. Under Parker, it was different, but it was also more stable. So that's been the rub about this. And it took a while for it to really come together in gel. And he even talked about that. He was instilling a different type of mentality because they were coming down from the championship. I'm sorry, from the Premier League. And they had this losing mentality. And he really instilled a positive outlook and tried to get the winning mentality going. And he really did that. The style of play, many will tell you last season, boring. In fact, you'll hear that a great deal. And like I mentioned, the best word to describe Parker, especially in the beginning stages, is just very conservative. And we were trying to see the style. The style was basically keep ball and do not make a mistake and then look for an opening and then eventually have that moment of magic. He was really depending early stages on players to have those moments, those special moments. Cavallero, Narcott would score these special goals, even Harry Arter. And then, of course, you have Mitro, and they depended a great deal on Mitro. So for me, it was hard to see how this was all going to play out because it was so different from Jokanovic. So it took a while to really take shape. And then, of course, as we're getting to, say, Christmas, it's starting to look like it's moving in the right direction. And unfortunately, as it's moving, I think in in the right direction, we have the pandemic and things shut down. So then we come back and Fulham have two very tough opponents right off the bat. They lose to Brentford and they lose to Leeds United. And uh, that was very disheartening for me because I, I predicted Second, I, I predicted that they would get automatic promotion. And really, at that point, it was going to be an uphill struggle. But what happened after that was probably one of the reasons why we are where we are right now. The team came together, I think, after that Leeds United loss. And I want to give Scott Parker credit because they were playing slightly differently with a real sense of togetherness. And they would still have the moments of magic, but I could see the play changing a little bit, Kevin. It was not as rigid, not as conservative. I think Mm. he was unleashing them slightly. And then as we got further and further up to the point that we got into the playoff against Cardiff City, you could really just see a change. And it was almost like, and I hate to use this term and you're going to understand it, it became a coaching battle between, between, say, Scott Parker and the other coach and try to yeah. try to find the right strategy. And I really noticed that against Cardiff City in the first leg. There was a strategy there, and they took advantage of their opportunity against Cardiff City in the first leg. They did hold on in the second leg. But when we got to the championship final, and this is where I think Scott Parker won over so many people, is instead of going in with the mentality, which I was against, I said Fulham need to take it to Brentford. They need to go after Brentford. They need to move the ball quickly and go after Brentford. And it turned out to be Scott Parker and his staff decided we're going to stop Brentford. We're going to limit limit what they like to do. We're going to take all that away. He eliminated what they like to do. They like to run. They were not able to run. 
They had nowhere to go. And then, again, over the course of of the match, Fulham, again, I thought were the better side. But eventually they got two moments of magic. And that's really how they have won a lot of these matches. But what was strange about this is that I have to give Parker and his staff so much credit because they really came up with this game plan. The team executed it. And the growth that I saw from, say, the Brentford match the first time, I'm sorry, the second time around, back from COVID-19 to the final was, again, just such a transformation. They played differently. And um, a lot of credit has to go to him on that, but the players had to execute it. They were all together at this point. It was a different team that were all on the same page. It became a team, and it peaked at the right time, whereas Brentford peaked early. Fulham peaked when they needed to to get back to the Premier League. Yeah, which which certainly is an advantage that you had given past experience, um, yes. knowing knowing how to time that and, and succeed at that point. Uh, you mentioned Scott Parker is, and his development as a coach there. Uh, if, if there were any people that were hesitant at the time of appointment like yourself, have they basically yep. all been won over by now? No, uh, I, uh, I don't think so. Uh, to be honest with you, I think that there are doubters because I would say for a good portion of the season, Kevin, it was split. He split the fan base. So I, I would say he won over a good amount of people when we won the championship final. But I still think that there are daughters out there, which I understand because of the style of play. And um, fans are, again, fickle. They're, they want to see Fulham stay in the Premier League. And what's interesting about this, and we can talk about this moving forward, is that I actually truly believe this, that if Fulham have learned from their mistakes from two years ago, that they're better built now for the Premier League than they were two years ago because of partially Parker, the recruitment already, and I think the way that they are going to handle this window compared to two years ago because they're not going to make all these changes that they made two years ago. They've already, you know, again, I've I've already seen Tony Khan talk about that and Parker talk about that. They're they're just going to add to what they already have. So I think it's going to be different than it was two years ago. And the mentality is different. They are more defensive-minded than they were two years ago. They had no defense under Jokanovic. They just didn't. I love Slavisa, But now I think I understand why Watford let him go before mm. their season back in the Premier League because of his mentality that we're just going to take it to him. And I, I loved that bravado. I loved that approach, but I was wrong. I I was wrong. The club was wrong because we should have just had the mentality. Let's stay in the league the first season. And they were ambitious and I was ambitious and I was wrong. Now mm-hmm. I just want Fulham to stay in the league and do what they have to, to stay in the league and build from there. And uh, that's just why 17th I'm hopeful. Or better. Exactly. At this point, that's all I want. That's all I want. Want them to stay in the league, and I think that they're better equipped this time around. But only time will tell. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. Yeah, uh, last time uh, you were up, we talked about this, that a lot of people criticized you for buying too many players, but your point was that the 11 that came up wasn't good enough right. for the Premier League level, so you needed to add that much. You mentioned uh, the, the difference in Parker as well, but do you feel that the squad is more Premier League ready than it was last time? I think that there are players that are ready. Now, again, there are fans that probably are not sold on Narcard and Cavalier because they did not have exceptional seasons. But these players might be better equipped for the Premier League compared to playing mm. in the championship. Because I think we're going to be counterattacking more, and these are more counterattacking players. So I have a feeling we might see better versions of Cavalero and Narcard. And so I think that there's a good nucleus there that, I think the player that really changed Fulham last season was Michael Hector. Michael Hector coming from Chelsea just solidified the uh, defense in such mm. a positive way. Uh, they had a leader back there. so And I truly believe he is a Premier League player. So you have that. Marek Rodak really stepped up to be a, a top-notch goalkeeper. Can he be a top-notch goalkeeper in the Premier League? Only time will tell, but I give him a chance. And I've already seen Fulham link to other goalkeepers, which I think that they should do regardless. But when I look at it, I think that Fulham are better suited for the Premier League this time around. I think they have some of the players, like I said. And I think they will add to what they currently have. If if they bring back Harrison Reed, who was on loan from Southampton, if they actually yeah. sign him and pick up the option, that would be huge because they actually really need him. If they don't, then they have to find a solution for that position. But Fulham also have players that went out on loan, like in Giza and Sarri, and they could be part of the mix, or they yeah, could sell them and use that them. money too. So there's a lot of moving parts, Kevin, but honestly, I'm pretty positive of Fulham's chances this time around because I think the mentality is going to be different. I think that they're the players themselves and Parker are more realistic this time around than two seasons ago. Yeah, and you obviously have the benefit of knowing what went wrong last yeah. time. Yeah, um, exactly. You, you don't have the first time it happens just by the nature of it being the first time. Uh, you mentioned uh, Sari and Angisa there, both of whom were very highly touted when you signed them. Right. Uh, both went out on loan last year while you were in the championship. You mentioned there might be a way back in for them 
into the fold. They obviously play a position that Scott Parker, in theory, should be very capable of <laughs> of knowing whether or not they'll make it at the sure. Premier League level. For you, are, is there an expectation that they'll they'll be back in, or do you think that it'll be they'll be more used to generate funds for for potentially other players in other positions? Well, if I go by the speculation. Both could be gone because there's speculation that they're looking for a, a defensive midfielder. I have a feeling that Seri could be gone. I hope Nguisa returns because I, I see his value. He was, again, everything that I've heard from Villarreal, he played very well. I would like him hmm. to come back in the fold. So for me, I hope that Nguisa comes back because I think one of the things that Fulham need this time around, I think they need two defensive midfielders. I think I, I think that's what they need. So I would be all for bringing in Gisa back. Like I said, I, I also want them to sign Harrison Reed. And it's just, it's very strange, Kevin, because you and I were talking off air. I'm sure they're going to be moves from the club within a day or two because they're going to be back in training. And I, and I know that they're probably working on some signing. So I, again, this is not a complete team right now. Is any team really a complete team? So, mm. but I think um, I think right in the middle of the park, the central midfield is going to be key for Fulham, along with a center back. They they need another center back to go along with Michael Hector. And is Mawson not it? Well, it's hard because he's been injured so many times. I actually like Alfie Mawson. There's some speculation with him going as part of a deal. Again, this is all speculation to get a player easy from. Um, from QPR again, this mm. just speculation is he would be part of the deal, and I would be against it because I still see the potential that Alfie Mawson has. But they need another center back. And listen, I'm a proud American. Tim Ream is is not Premier League quality <laughs> at this point. I'm, I'm just telling you, he's not. He's not. We, yeah. I saw that two seasons ago. And we well, got Robinson in now to represent. Yes, yes, and I'm and I'm actually very excited about Anthony Robinson. And that also, again, it, it, it's interesting because. He's coming in at a position where you have the guy who scored the two goals to get you to the Premier League in front of <laughs> right. So it, it's a fascinating situation that I was actually talking about on my show. Who's going to be your starting left back? And um, fans actually were saying, well, why can't you move Joe Bryan further up the pitch? Well, maybe you can and play them both at the same time, mm. potentially. But uh, it's just an interesting situation. I like the competition. So I would like to see competition at many positions. So I'm all for bringing in Anthony Robinson. Again, I, I watched enough to really see that he's got serious potential. But I also see the value of Joe Bryan. It, it, as I said to someone on my show, that it's a good problem to have. It, yeah, I th- actually sure. think it's a good problem to have this competition. It's a good there problem. There are a lot of matches. Injuries happen. Exactly. Like- exactly. Both will play. And I'm against selling Joe Bryan because I think that they, they could really use him this season. Yeah, and it would be, I imagine, uproar if you sold the player that just got you <laughs> uh, up to the championship after that free kick, which was oh simply sublime. Uh, you were mentioning some of the players that you think are ready for the Premier League. A noticeable absentee, uh, from my perspective, as a Tottenham supporter, of course, yep. would be Josh Onoma. Looked very oh. bright uh, in the playoffs and the final. He had three or four chances in the yes. first half. Uh, didn't really convert any of them. Uh, obviously, he wasn't Premier League ready when we sent him out on loan, nor when we sold him to you. Do you think yep. he took positive steps towards that direction or is, Absolutely. in your view, Premier League ready? Oh, it's funny because um, I truly believe he is. And I think Onama has grown from when he first came to us to where he was. He was an integral part, Kevin, of 
this team getting promoted. Without Josh Onama, I don't think Fulham get promoted. He played that hmm. huge of a role. And in the uh, championship final, like you just mentioned, yes, he did not score. But he scored some incredible goals for us. But what was interesting, he played a different role in this match. And again, this all goes down to Parker and his staff. They unleashed him because we were basically trying to stifle Brentford. And when we got the ball, we unleashed him as a central midfielder further up the pitch. And he was running with the ball. And then you saw the opportunities that he was creating. And I see his value. But again, what's interesting, because it's also about competition, we've had now this discussion. Do you play Tom Kearney or do you play Josh Onama? I think it's a good problem to have. But I I personally think that Josh Onama is Premier League ready now. I I truly Mm. believe that. He he has grown into the role, and I think he needed this situation coming down to really just, I I guess you could say, just increase his ability with his craft. And I see him as someone that, it's funny, we go back to the Cessignon situation, and at the time, you're thinking, he's just a throw-in, right? Josh Onam is a a throw-in, but this goes back to Wells and Parker with their time at Tottenham. Yeah, he was his U18 coach. That's right. And they obviously knew something we didn't know because they saw the value of bringing in Onama. And now when you look at the deal a year later, you know, it's funny. We got the money and we got Onama. So it really has swung to Fulham's favor. And uh, don't get me started on Ryan Sessignon. (laughs) It's okay. We're going to play him as a left back this year, which I'm sure you'll love. But in all seriousness, I'm glad that you asked me about Anima because he's another one of the reasons why I'm feeling confident going into the season because I think he can fit in the Premier League. I know that there are others that have their doubts, but I don't. I think he can play in the Premier League. Same same thing that I, I feel that Hector can because, again, I don't think that these players got their opportunities with their clubs. They were always mm-hmm. put out on loan. Well, when they got a chance really to shine with us, both stepped up. I'm talking about Hector and Anima. And both of them, without them, Fulham don't get back to the Premier League. Well, certainly good news to hear. Yes, we, we potentially got the worst end of that deal, at least at time of, I was going to say writing. but For the time talking. being, I'm still very high on Ryan Sessegnon. As am songs. I, but it, it's just nice to hear that Josh Onima is doing well, who definitely deserved it. He got, he got supplanted by... Uh, Marcus Edwards in the academy, and then now they're both gone. So uh, <laughs> really, we're, we're the main losers on that one, especially given how well uh, Edwards has been playing in Portugal. Um, the other big question, especially, you know, we're basically talking about the final there, uh, talking about Onoma. The big yep. absentee from the, from the beginning of that match, of course, was Mitrovic. There have been injuries, um, which led to him missing one of the, the matches in the semifinals. Um, a lot of people have mixed feelings on Mitrovic from his previous stints in the Premier League. Obviously, a fantastic goal scorer. How flexible is he tactically, like you mentioned before, of, of can he really play in the channels or does he need to play up front? H- how do you see him fitting back in now that he's back in the Premier League? Obviously, he has the size and finishing capabilities. Yep. Uh, how is he adjusted to, to this Parker ball, as you referred to it earlier? And do you think he'll find success back in the Premier League this time? I hope so. I really do, because uh, Mitro is uh, very important to Fulham, and they need Mitro. And I think this is going to come down to Mitro and Parker and his staff finding ways to maximizing his ability. Because at times, I think Fulham were too reliant on Mitro scoring goals. And it wasn't free-flowing. And again, that wasn't the style that 
Parker was trying to instill. So it was very di- difficult to see the style for a very long period of time. And in fact, there are people out there, and I was actually listening to this podcast, a rival podcast, talk about the fact that potentially Mitro not playing in the final might have benefited Fulham because they could play this style against Brentford. Could they have played it with Mitro? I don't know. That's a, It's a great question because he offers a great deal. Does he limit you in other ways? I, I don't know. I just think that Parker and his uh, staff need to get the most that they can out of the players and play as a team. That's what I saw. And Mitro is a team player. And it's funny because you, you might not realize that, but he does so much for the club. Defensively, he does a lot. I, and again, when Fulmar defending set pieces, he's in the mix of it all the time. Yeah. They need him. They actually, honestly. There's a weird amount of clearances as a striker. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, if there was one thing that Fulham really missed in the second leg against Cardiff City, it was just not having Mitro there to defend all these long throws and set pieces that Cardiff City were throwing at Fulham. They missed him, that part. I mean, obviously, they missed the goals, but it's just it's just this interesting situation with him. As we're going to find out when we get to the Premier League, they need someone to score goals, and they have that with Mitrovic. I'm just fascinated to see the type of style that Parker wants to play because maybe back in the Premier League, it'll suit Mitro a little bit better because I think that we're going to play differently than we did in the championship. I think they have to because, again, this is more about survival for Fulham, as we talked about earlier. Two years ago, it was a completely different mentality. We're going to take it to Man City. We're going to take it to Liverpool. What a mistake that was. And the fact that I believed in it as well, I mean, I was all into it. It's like, why can't we play with these teams? And that was just a mistake. And I think from Parker's mentality that Fulham are going to be completely different and they're going to be harder to beat. And I think that was also part of the problem is that they were so easy to beat two years ago. They're going to be much harder to beat this time around. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that will be the case. Uh, partially because it wasn't that difficult the last no, time. No. Seems like it, it has to. No, it was it very to easy improve. to be foam two years ago. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> no disrespect, of course. Um, so you mentioned that you're not expecting a, a squad overhaul like we saw last time. What positions do you think you'll need to strengthen? And are there any players that are still in the squad that maybe don't make the cut for for the Premier League? Great question. They definitely need another center back. We already talked about the fact that Tim Ream is just not good enough for the Premier League. And uh, so could it be Alfie Mawson? Yes, but I still think that they need another center back to go along with Michael Hector. Michael Hector is a leader back there, but they need someone else. Next position we were just talking about earlier was um, defensive midfielder. And they could probably use two of them. And like I said, if Harrison Reed uh, joins Fulham, which I hope happens because Fulham had the option to make the loan permanent. I hope they pick that up and he comes along because he is Premier League ready. He can play at this level. There's no question about it. Harrison Reed would be a a huge part of Fulham's team moving forward, but they also need someone else. And and that goes into the whole situation with Nguisa or another defensive fielder. But right at central midfield, I think they need potentially two. They they probably need a, a backup to Mitro, as well, could they use a winger or two potentially? 
And I would also say they've already taken care of left back. I think they definitely need a right back. So there is room for Fulham to better themselves. I'd say they probably need at least four to five more players that actually are starters that they can throw into the mix. So, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. But I think the mentality and the core of this team is there now. Now, players that need to go, I've already mentioned one, is uh, Tim Ream. Tim Ream needs to go. He simply needs to go. He's been tremendous for the club. I just don't think he's good enough for the Premier League. Kevin McDonald, I love his attitude. I think he's a Mm. leader. But, again, he's too slow right now, so he can't play in central midfield. Stefan Johansson two years ago showed that he was just not good enough for the Premier League. Now, I, if I'm Tony Khan, I would consider moving these players along. I'm just being honest because these go back to players that were part of the Jokanovic era. I think Fulham need to move on from that. Not to be mean, they were great players for the club, but sometimes you just need to move on, and those are the three that stand out to me. All right, we'll definitely keep an eye to see see where they wind up and, and if you do strengthen in those positions, assuming that all, all of the moves that you're expecting do come to pass. What are your expectations for the season? I know you said the hope is just 18th or better. Well, that's the hope. Sorry, 17th or better. Yes, <laughs> that, well, that yes not, not 18th because I really don't want to go back to the championship. Even though yeah. I like the championship, honestly, I really enjoy the championship. But I want Fulham to have a nice long run again in the Premier League. And uh, so for me, I will take 17th. I think that if they could get anywhere from 12th to 17th, that would be fantastic. Just somewhere in there the first year and then build from there. And I think just have a change of attitude. Don't think that you're going to come in and compete with the likes of Liverpool, Man City, Tottenham. You're you're just not going to. If you get points off of them, that's a bonus. And that's the one thing that I personally have learned. I learned my lesson, and I think based on what I've heard from Tony Khan and Scott Parker, that I think they've learned from their mistakes. And I think that that things are going to be different this time around. They're not going to have this gung-ho, we're going to try to take the Premier League by storm. And it's interesting because you look at someone, a team like Sheffield United, why can't Fulham do what Sheffield United did? And, or even what, Wolves did what you know what's interesting about Wolves is that Wolves came up with Fulham but they had a different mentality under their coach than Fulham did and uh, they were able to really take it to teams but they were more counter-attacking as well and Fulham were not taking that position under Jokanovic. Jokanovic wanted to take it to teams and uh, teams that they were just not good enough against. And uh, so, honestly, give me 17th, and you and I can talk about previewing next season. All right, sounds good. Yeah, certainly best of luck for the season. If people want to hear more about Fulham from you, where can they do so? Sure, you can actually go to the Twitter account, Cottage Talk, and you could actually go to, on Facebook, the Cottage Talk Facebook page. The show itself is actually hosted as a podcast on Spreaker.com, you can go there. And uh, as I've told you, Kevin, we're not actually recording anymore as a podcast. We do a live video show, which has been great. And we're going to do that this entire season. And it will be live on my personal Twitter account, 
Russ underscore Goldman, so you can follow me as well. And uh, I'm going to have a lot of guests, and we do a live interactive show, and it's pretty cool. And I hope fans of all the Premier League teams check us out because it's a lot of fun to do. It's live. I'll be on video with, with other of my co-hosts, members of the media, podcasters, and the fans can get involved because they'll have the opportunity with the service that I use called StreamYard to basically leave comments. And I can share that on a live show, which is very cool. So um, please check us out on my Twitter account, Russ underscore Goldman, and also on the Cottage Talk Twitter account. Cool. Yeah. Everybody interested in Fulham, be sure to do that. And even if you're not, always good information. Uh, and Russ is a top guy as well. So be sure to follow him, like he said, at Russ underscore Goldman. An absolute pleasure speaking with you again. Very excited to do so throughout the year. I am fully prepared for our fight about uh, how Ryan Sessignon is supposed to be used and how he's not being played <laughs> enough. Uh, but until then, thanks again for coming on. And I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thank you, Kevin. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.